Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. You know, I'm not a good park at Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have I to remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, Talking Tesla Nation. Uh, Mel Hubbard here. I'm sorry I couldn't be with the boys this week. Um, very, very busy the next few weeks. In fact, frankly, probably very busy the next three to six months. And let me give you some background on that because I think it's going to have some implications going forward, certainly for the next few months. The summary goes like this. Uh, we have a friend who uh, works in Africa. She uh, started a hospital there, a palliative care hospital. She married a Kenyan, has a daughter, and just recently adopted a number of kids who were, you know, tragically had both their parents die within a few weeks. Soon after adopting, she found out um, that two of her boys have sickle cell disease. And sickle cell disease is a terrible, terrible disease, particularly in Africa without access to healthcare. It is basically a fatal disease by age 10 through lots of different complications. Uh, it's a terrible disease here in the United States or in Australia, wherever you are with first world resources, it's a terrible disease. And don't worry, I've got permission to talk about all of this stuff. Um, so an extraordinary thing has uh, happened. These two beautiful boys, and they are just the most wonderful kids, have a sister who turns out to be a perfect bone marrow match. And in um, incredible circumstances, UCLA has agreed to perform what is a very rare procedure, which is to do a bone marrow transplant to cure them of this otherwise terrible, terrible disease. It's an extraordinary thing to have them in our house. They're actually living with us. So we went from three people in the house to 10. They'll be in uh, our house for up to a year getting all of these procedures done. So it is a very busy time, lots of shuffling uh, between my wife and I. And my son getting them to all their appointments and looking after them in the hospital. So it's kind of a big deal, right? A very big deal. But an extraordinary gift that we've been given to be able to help this wonderful family and hopefully cure these two amazing kids. So that's why I'm pretty busy right now. But Tom and Robert are continuing on. And I'll be able to do stuff uh, like this for now. And we'll give you more updates as we go about the implications of what all this means for Talking Tesla going forward. But a lot of the time, I probably won't be able to be in studio at any specific time. So I'm going to throw together some stuff which I hope is useful and uh, we can sort of mix it all together and keep the show going in some form. So I want to talk about the earnings report and just a few very specific things. So a big deal, right? The earnings report came out. I'm sure Robert and Tom are going to talk a lot about it. And basically, the summary is, you know, they've delivered a lot of cars, a lot of S's and X's, but also, we know, almost no Model 3s, just a couple of hundred Model 3s. And we've found out that there's a significant problem with one particular part of the manufacturing we'll get into in a second. But Elon spent some significant amount of time saying, you know, you've got to keep this in perspective. He was actually, you know, a little bit critical of the media in general about uh, them sort of just jumping on this, saying, oh my gosh, Tesla is screwed because they can't build their cars. And he said, they see Model 3 as this 10-year time frame. Like they've done the design, they've created this thing, they've got the factory, and now they're starting to build the cars 
And what he's saying is that there won't be a significant change in that car for 10 years. And that's how you do it, right? You build an iPhone and it basically stays the same for about 10 years. And then you do a radical re-change and then you do it for another 10 years and you just sort of tweak it as you go. So they see this as a 10-year timeline for the Model 3. So the delays look like they're about three months. It'll be an extra three months before they get up to that magic 5,000 cars production per week. And then some months, we're not exactly sure, and they're not exactly sure when they get to the magic 10,000. But there's sort of a phase shift of about three months before they'll be able to get out those Model 3s at a pretty great clip of 5,000 cars a week. And as part of trying to explain the perspective on this, saying it's a 10-year time frame, three months doesn't matter, one quarter doesn't matter. Think back five years ago. Five years ago, they had just a few cars on the road and they've grown by an order of magnitude. They have 250,000 Teslas on the road. So an order of magnitude more than they had five years ago. And he says five years from now, he fully expects that they will have one order, perhaps two orders of magnitude of Teslas on the road in just five years. So he's talking between 2.5 and 25 million Teslas on the road in five years. And given that perspective, given the rate of growth that has occurred and the rate of growth which will occur, this time shifting of three months means nothing. But of course, in a world where we worry about everything on a second to second basis, some people are freaking out and saying, Tesla is screwed. It's like Tesla is not screwed. We're working incredibly, incredibly hard on it. So where is the problem? It sounds like there's been a few minor problems and one gigantic problem. And that gigantic problem we heard a little bit from Panasonic just before the earnings call, and that is there is a problem with production, a very specific part of the production of the battery module. So let me clip in here an actual clip from the earnings call. And let me tell you, this is an edited clip because, as we all know, Elon might be a genius, but he speaks with a lot of stuttering. So I've taken that out. I haven't changed the order. I haven't changed any of the meaning. I've just taken out a lot of the sort of the stuttering and stuff that occurs in there just to make it a little tighter. The primary production constraint, really, by far, is in battery module assembly. Still a little bit of a deep dive on that. There are four zones module manufacturing. So it goes through four major production zones. The zones three and four are in good shape. Zones one and two are not. Zone two in particular, we had a subcontractor, a systems integration subcontractor, that unfortunately really, really dropped the ball, and uh, we did not realize the degree to which the ball was dropped until quite recently. This is a, a very complex manufacturing area. We had to rewrite all of the software from scratch, uh, redo many of the mechanic, mechanical and electrical elements of Zone 2 of, of module production. We've managed to rewrite what was about 20 to 30 manuals of software in four weeks. But there's, there's still a, lot, a long way to go. The, the software work can be fast with the electromechanical elements need to be fabricated and installed, and getting those atoms in place and rebuilt is, unfortunately, a lot longer and has far more external constraints than software. This, this is uh, what, what I spent many a late night on the big factory working on. JP's been here uh, constantly, and we, we've reallocated many of our best engineers uh, to fundamentally fixing zone two of, of the module line, and then far right behind that is, is, is zone one. On the plus side, we now have a very detailed understanding of what is necessary to fix Zone 1 and Zone 2. We also have a new design for Zone 1 and 2 that is about three times more effective than the current design. There are three lines of module production. Lines 1, 2, and 3 are essentially 
identical. Line four, which will have will be the new design, will be have triple the effectiveness of what will be as good as the other three lines combined. So we're very confident about a future path of having incredibly efficient production of modules and that this will not be a constraint in the future, but, but unfortunately it just takes some amount of time. You know, this, this is like moving like lightning compared to the what is normal in, in the automotive industry. There's still some finite amount of time necessary to, to fix something that we thought was in good shape. We were told by our supplier it was in good shape, was really not. So this has now been uh, tackled by Tesla's internal automation group in, in the U.S. and Tesla Automation U.S. and Tesla Grumman uh, from Germany. We have a large team on, uh, from there from Tesla Grumman also working working the issue and making very rapid progress. And like I said, I'm I am personally on that line in that machine trying to solve problems personally where I can. And, and JB's basically spending his life at the gigafactory. See, that's that's the sort of deep dive on that front. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You've got a significant problem with one very specific, one very complicated area, and they are throwing an enormous amount of resources, both personally and with uh, software and with their engineers, at fixing this. And he believes that once this is done, then they're going to be able to ramp up production very quickly. But this is not an insignificant problem. It's not the only problem. There's obviously a couple of other issues as well. And it sort of brings me to another point, because there was another big announcement uh, last week as well. The Autopilot Hardware 2 is about to get a significant upgrade in its capacity, and hopefully in its smoothness and its silkiness. And it was him talking about actually the problems with the battery production that reminds me that there's only a finite amount of resources for any big company. And so Tesla's a big company, and they have a lot of programmers, right? But they were thrown at this problem, this software problem, and there's obviously a, a hardware engineering, you know, atoms and bolts problem. But in the software part, they threw what must have been hundreds, maybe thousands of programmers to do what he said, 20 to 30 man years of software programming in four weeks. So they had everybody working on that. So that will delay, if these are the same programmers, and probably many of them are, that work on things like autopilot. And we've seen this with Apple as well. And it's important to keep this in perspective. So Apple is, you know, the most successful company in the world right now and has been for the last five years at least. And they have software issues. And people say, look, you have got so much money in the bank. Why don't you just fix this? And Tim Cook a number of times has said, there's only a finite number of excellent programmers in any particular area. And you can hire them all and still not have enough of them. So I think that what we see here with things like us complaining about why isn't the app a lot better than it is uh, right now? And why haven't they pushed better software out for hardware 2.0? And I think it's a physical constraint of brains. You can have as many great programmers as you can buy, but it's still not enough. So I'm excited about the fact that Model 3 is probably going to ramp up to production in three months, which would be great. It does mean that many of us who have been waiting for our Model 3 and looking at the delivery estimator are going to have to accept the fact that it's going to get pushed out three months. For example, my delivery estimator for my Model 3, and I was an early reservation holder, and I have two uh, Model S and a Model X already, so I'm pretty high up on the list. It had me delivering, the Tesla delivery said, somewhere between October and December. And now they've revised that. I got the, the email that said, uh, you can go and check. Uh, it's been revised. We've got these delays. But it's actually only delayed a month. They've said that my Model 3 is now expected to be delivered between November and January. Now, we're already sort of into November. I don't expect that I'm going to be able to configure anytime soon. So 
it's probably, my guess, is closer to January. So again, the perspective here is they've had to phase shift, they've had to move this over. But I believe the man and I believe the company when they say, here's the problem, we're fixing the problem. And part of fixing the problem, we think we can make this even better. But you're just going to have to accept the fact that production has been shifted three months. Hopefully, there won't be any other big problems. I suspect that there will not be. But it's really interesting to look at the YouTube comments where I got this Q3 earnings call from. And you read down the comments and, wow, it's just amazing. We think we're divided in politics. We are divided in everything. So there are people like saying, don't worry, Elon, we're with you. Uh, You're doing a great thing here. We're going to change the way we uh, do sustainable energy for this planet and continue on. We're there with you. And then there's other people, the exact opposite, saying, you're all idiots. This guy's just ripping you off. uh, There's no way this is going to happen. This is the biggest scam in the history of manufacturing. Uh, Really? Could it be somewhere between those two? Mm, You wouldn't think so, reading the comments. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'll talk to you again uh, next week. And for the Patreons, I will definitely be putting up a Patreon this week. But uh, for now, that's all I've got to say. And so uh, thanks again to Tom and Robert. What do you think about the earnings call, lads? Go! We're going. This is, by the way, Talking Tesla 111. Uno, uno, uno. Uno, uno, uno. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time you've ever been in show number one, one, one. One, one, one. Yes, that's true. If you divide it. You weren't in show one. No, I wasn't. And you weren't in show one, one. No. So now you get to be in show one, one, one. One, one, one. Welcome, Robert, to show one, one, one. (laughs) How's it feel? Wow. Not as fresh as I thought it would be. No? No. Really? So Mel's not here. Guess what's tomorrow? It's me and you. Tomorrow is is, uh, is Tuesday the 7th. I think it's Mel's birthday. Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. That's correct. Today's National Flannel Day. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you're wearing a flannel shirt? It's one of the reasons, yeah. Can I touch it? You can. Yeah, go ahead. It's nice. Oh, it's so soft. Thanks. And I feel your big, your triceps through there. Yeah, really, I'm bringing it. So... How should we start this show? It's we a, already have, we but have not very well. a sad start. Yeah. has to do with uh, everybody's anxiety and concern. When is the three coming out? Yeah. Can I get my three before the Technically, 70? the three is out. That's true. It's a little less out. It's less out than we wanted it to be, yeah. but it's still out. I mean, it is being made. Every day, they're making one or two or a couple. <laughs> Right? I mean, we know that's happening. Hey, I saw a VIN number that was pretty darn high. I don't think any of that matters. Yeah. I think the VIN number thing is just something that it's a, it's a, what do they call it? A red herring? A red herring. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was on a red model three or not. <laughs> it's a red herring. So this week on this show, we're going to discuss the earnings call. Roger that. But we're going to start with what could be a more important thing to talk about, at least for some of us. Yeah. That's the proposed loss of the $7,500 tax credit uh, for electronic vehicles by this administration. Yeah. And it doesn't even exclude American-made electric vehicles, which would have made all the sense in the world if that was really the reason they were proposing this Mm -hmm. legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the House bill has been released and included the end of the federal tax bill, not when it runs out. They're not saying, hey, we're not going to renew it. They're saying, we're done with this thing, $7,500 by the end of the year. Tesla responded by saying, "Mm, I don't know. They didn't really seem to be bothered that much, but they said... 
order your car November 12th if you're on the East Coast, November 19th if you're on the Southwest, in the Southwest, Northwest, and Texas, and November 26th for those of us on the West Coast, or what I like to refer to as the Westmost Coast. Yeah, it's it's a sad day. That that means literally five days from when you're hearing this. If you're on the East mm-hmm. Coast, you're going to get cut off. So I yeah. have a proposal. Uh-oh. I don't want to—I want to kind of make lemonade from lemons. Mm. And so I don't know if this is really going to go through, but we've got, I don't know, 6,000, 10,000 listeners who yeah. are avid about the show. Yeah. And if they're on the fence thinking about getting an electric car, then they might want to actually buy a new Model S or might Model time, X. Yeah. I think that we should choose odd or even. Mm-hmm. Do you feel odd or even, Tom? Well, my code is even. Okay, so on even days, if uh-huh. you go ahead and buy a Tesla, use Tom's code. Laney9300, L-A-I-N-I. And if it's a even day, wait a second, you picked odd? No, I picked even. You picked even. You give picked, it to you, odd. And then you got confused. So I am odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out that way, and I'm glad you said it. There are more odd days in a month. That's fine. Okay. I'm cool with it. I just honestly, to be honest with you, two more referrals and I'm the happiest man in the world because I get a power wall. That's all I care about. Right. Yeah. Power wall point. would be super cool. I don't want 55 referrals like some people got. Well, it would be nice to have. I want the Roadster. I really do want the no, Roadster. No, you don't. You I wouldn't sure even do. fit in the Roadster. You're like 6'9". I would fit in it. And if you, on a odd day, buy your Tesla, use uh-huh. Robert3177 <laughs> for your code. Okay. So, so anyways, is... there's a couple things you can do, Robert. What You can contact your House of Representative and Senator to say, look, we want this to at least continue. Let the program play itself out. Uh, one of the reasons is a lot of these companies have made financial planning of course. based on this, yeah. right? Knowing, okay, we can sell it for this and people will really be buying it for this. And that is, it's a difficult thing to stop mid-range. So let's not do that. But what I will say is, so let's imagine people have bought cars from Tesla at about $80,000 on average, right? Mm-hmm. That's $1.5 billion in savings, tax credits. Right. These are taxes that people already paid. So these are tax credits for a company that is just south of $51 billion in equity, right? So they, yeah. that's that's what you're doing. You've made a company, this country, and it's this tax program has made a company that's produced $51 billion in shareholder equity, which is a pretty cool thing. It's a nice return. Right. And they spent $1.5 billion to do it. And that would have mean that they would have sold $16 billion worth of cars in the U.S. These are approximate values, right, based on – because the tax credit is obviously just for the American portion of the Tesla sale. So we're talking about right. if they sold 200,000 cars. So it's crazy to think of this as sort of welfare, but what I'll also say is that $16 billion in sales generated probably the same amount in local sales tax Yeah, for the most part. It's basically a wash mm-hmm. when you think about it in those terms. The taxes were paid. They were moved around a little bit from the federal government to the states. Maybe people are angry that, you know, went oh, mostly to the West Coast and the East Coast, whatever. Anyways... Created this company, $51 billion. Let's all settle down and not look at this as corporate welfare. Right. It's not what it is. Right. It's generations of money. If Tesla is successful and is around for the next 100 years, this will be one of the best investments that this country has ever made in a company. Right. 
although it doesn't fit certain people's sort of ethos of what they want done. Well, like, like you Shell can take that company you, you, and for sure, but you can take that out of it, right? You can take right. that sort of imagination thing out of it and just look at it purely as like some people don't like the taxes aspect of this, right? right. That's what it is. It's it's the redistribution of taxes from these people to those people, and that only works in certain ways. But it's not really like that. You're building something that's generating sales tax, generating income taxes for all the employees of Tesla. And as they grow, there'll be more and more uh, people paying income taxes. So it's it's silly. Yeah. Just end it. I but think, don't end it. And some people have said that this is uh, something that Elon said he would rather not have. He would rather not have government subsidies. But that was something else that he talked about. Right. But it's about a level playing field, not necessarily no subsidies. Right. That was really the gist of what he was getting at. There right. are subsidies for fossil fuels. So it's it's not a level playing field in general. And in, and also you have to consider that an electric vehicle's battery is far more expensive than the gas tank of a ICE car. And so most electric cars are probably on the order of around 15 to $20,000 more material to get them produced. So at this point, yes, there is a difference. You cannot put ICE cars from a pure financial standpoint next to an electric car. And if you have at all any concern on the environment and climate change, then I think this is really important. Yeah. And we need to have a lot more of them because the climate, she is a change in. So to bring this back home, this is in the House of Representatives. This tax bill is currently in the House of Representatives. And you can look up your House representative by going to www.house.gov forward slash representatives forward slash find and go to that website. We'll put this link in the show notes and find who your representative is. It's not always so easy to do that. If you already know, great. And actually call them. Calling them is the most important thing you can do. A fax, an email, those are good as well, but a call. And you might just talk to some like 19-year-old intern who or 23-year-old intern who says, oh, yes, thank you for calling. Are you a constituent? Yes. So if you vote and that's your representative, that takes huge weight and they will just write it in a log. And at the end of the day, the representative gets a report and they'll say, hey, we got a call from 75 people who wanted you not to cut the electric vehicle incentive from the tax plan. That means a lot. And it'll only take you, what, 10 minutes? Right. Let, it, it. let it play out. Just do it. Well, there's not much else going on this week, is there, No. Well, there's another article that you wanted to discuss, Roberto. Oh, this was a quickie. Uh, It turns out a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the um, report from the national – it's called the Government's National Climate Assessment. Mm -hmm. And that is a 420-page report from multiple government agencies around climate change. Full of science and and written by scientists. It has numbers. It has graphs. Mm -hmm. And it has – Many, many pages of references, which, Mm. you know, only the scientists really get excited about, Mm -hmm. maybe the journalists. And it is very, uh, I I can say it points all the fingers at us humans for Mm -hmm. changing the climate. It does. And the big surprise, I guess, is that it went out pretty much untouched. It did. And in fact, everybody was expecting the administration to either, you know, close it, shut it down or change it considerably because 
It's not a law that says this has to happen, but it has been written by Congress and it has been a tradition for like 30 plus years. But lo and behold, it came out. And the interesting thing. It is a law. There's a 1990 law that dictates this thing exists. That it exists, but not that it necessarily needs to be distributed. Ah. So they could have just put it on a shelf. And it sat there until somebody decided to dig it up. Put it in the old dusty archives. I mean, the nice thing is that it's a PDF file, so you don't have to print on tree 425 yeah, pages. but it's really long. It is really long. It, there's a good summary. We put it in the show notes. It comes from the Washington Post, which is a reliable news outlet, not fake news. And um, it talks about how uh, the amount of damage that is expected to be done is unbelievably expensive. And Uh we're already seeing it this year. Oh, yeah. Although people may say, oh, no, hurricanes come and hurricanes go. But they do. It's been quite a bad year. I think that the most interesting thing about this is that there is starting today in Bonn, Germany. This is Monday today. uh, There's a big climate meeting Mm -hmm. and the United States is there to promote fossil fuels. Nice. With this coming out at the same time, really does kind of pull the... We're really showing a leadership position in in the fossil fuel industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's good for us. We're, we're, we're really bringing it. So the conclusions of this, with high levels of warming, coastal property damage in 2090, which is a long way away, could total $120 billion annually. Annually. That's every year. Every year. In case you were wondering. That's a lot of money. Deaths from temperature extremes could reach 9,300 per year. And... $140 billion annually in damage, that's just the deaths, right? So right, that's like lost property. productivity. Right. And additional tens of millions annually can occur in the form of damage to roads, rail lines, and electrical infrastructure. Which so we've talked about. That's a lot. And just to put it into perspective, Hurricane Harvey, which nailed Houston, right. they think about $200 billion in damage and lost productivity. So that's a big deal. That's 1% of GDP. Yeah, that's moving the needle quite a bit bigger than Sandy and Katrina combined, because as you know, or maybe you don't know, Houston, fourth largest city in America. America, fourth largest city, fourth largest city in America. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's a big one. So, again, these are this is not us being alarmist. This is just letting you know this stuff is out there. Bad things are happening. Things could get worse. We need to solve some of these problems. Some of them. We potentially have already reached a point of no return. Even this report sort of talks about there could be this if Antarctica doesn't hang on, bad, bad things could happen. We could get eight foot of sea level rise. That's a lot. Did you see Blade Runner 2049? I did not. So they had they showed in the uh, layout in the landscape of Los Angeles Uh how they dealt with climate change and how they do it. They built like a, I don't know, seven Hundred, I don't know, seventy-story tall mm-hmm. concrete wall between the city and the coastline. That's cool. Yeah, did it work? Well, it seemed to in the movie. Nice. I mean, I didn't see that. So we should get started on that then. Is what you're right. saying? Build a wall. Where does it end? I uh, mean, the, the coastline's wall? pretty. Probably got to go for a ways. I guess we can just say, ah, to hell with Santa Barbara. Cut the wall off at uh, whatever, the Topanga <laughs> no. Canyon. Can we leave Santa Barbara? I mean, Santa Barbara's it's cool. kind of nice. Let yeah. them build their own wall. Uh, I mean, can't we all just build it together? Can't we all just get along with yeah. our wall building? Oh, my goodness. So, oh, okay. elephant in the room. Yeah. Q3 earnings call. Oh, it was a big one. I felt that there was a lot of interesting insight in this particular thing, but I am very, very curious 
to hear your take on it. The uh, actual report part from the Elon and the JP and the other gentleman whose name I do not remember, but I'm sure you do. <laughs> there's Doug and there's Jeff. There's all there's, kinds uh, of folks out there, right? Yeah. There's financial guys and there's um, fixing guys. Turns out Elon's desk, yes, desk. I'm putting up air quotes right now because it's not really a desk, but his virtual desk moves to wherever the biggest trouble spot is in Tesla. So you know if you're following Elon around, wherever he is, there's problems. There's a desk. <laughs> yeah. It's a desk. Where's Elon's desk this Where's week? That's Elon's probably desk. inside code at Tesla. Yeah. Well, we saw that Elon camped out on top of the Gigafactory yeah. stating that he didn't want to go too far and that I guess JB is living at the Gigafactory. So I guess he's permanently on the roof. Yeah. And they're cooking over fire on the roof. You know, they're they're having campouts up there. I feel like none of that is accurate. I feel like you made all of that up. No, we, it was on last week's show. You should have <laughs> listened to it. And in fact, when I listened to last week's show, uh-huh. the little, uh, you know, the album artwork in the car uh-huh. was Talking Turtles. Oh, yeah. The Turtles. No, not the, not turtles. the turtles. No, something talking else. Turtles? I sent out a picture of it. I, I think like, that may what? have been like, I saw Talking Turtles at a dead show once. Yeah. That was a different situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. So they delivered 250,000 cars. Yeah, that, that that's like, who got the 250,000th Tesla? Did Elon, like, he wasn't at the factory. I guess he mean? couldn't have, like, signed the door jam or something. He could have. How do you keep track of it? I have no idea. There should be, like, there a big counter. There must be some accountant Ding! dude. Yeah. Ding! That's a cool idea. So 250,000 cars have been delivered. And they said that's, like... Enormous. That's two orders of magnitude. More cars over five years. That's impressive, right? Like that's a Super. that's what sort of you got to keep this into consideration because again they are long term planning for the Model Three, the Model Y, the Tesla Semi event, which we'll discuss as well. And in five years, they've made these massive order of magnitude increases, and they'll be able to hopefully do it again. Fun quote from it was Elon said, "This has been a quote." Mad growth rate, unquote. I thought that was great. He said it was faster than Ford when they brought out the Model T. Their growth rate at Tesla is faster than Ford's. And uh, JB even said that the orders for Model X increased at twice the rate as the orders for Model S. Who do you think had a harder time with adoption? Henry Ford and his Model T. No, Elon didn't adopt. He had a bunch of... Elon and the Model Yes, like, and, well, and, but cars and had EVs. already been out a lot as soon as the Model T came out. There were like hundreds of car manufacturers for probably at least thirteen to fifteen years. Right, but he was the first guy to really ramp it up so people could afford them. Right, it's sort of like the Model he Three example. To trade in their horse, like, hey, here's a Model S, yeah, and the Model S can go a long way, mm-hmm. and it's a really comfortable car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of reliable, and it will drive itself one day. And now here's the Model 3. Boom! I mean, look at how Model 3 exploded. That's kind of the better example, I think. Model 3 to Model T. Yeah, but the Model 3 hasn't started to come out in numbers yet, so it's hard to use that analogy. That's all because of the battery. I don't know what you felt about this, but I listened to the earnings call. It's about an hour. Not too much information from Tesla, a little bit. The letter actually was pretty interesting, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, A lot of information in there. But what did you think generally about Elon's attitude? I personally find him to have – it felt like he was really on edge. A little snarky 
in regards to people and news reports. And what I want to say is I think he needs to sort of make a step back. I don't know. He's probably hasn't been sleeping a lot. He's probably under a lot of pressure. Exactly. So that's part of it. But he's still he's he's the face of this company. And I feel like he needs to try to be a little less snarky. I I get that he's angry, but. It's like responding to internet trolls, the way he's kind of dealing with people. And that's just a no-win situation, in my opinion. Yeah, it's sort of uh, hard for me to judge since last night I slept in my bed. Yeah. I didn't sleep on the floor of some factory. He didn't sleep. He's not sleeping on the floor. Come on, man. He's Elon Musk. Let's be realistic about what he was really doing. So he's got a nice cot and a yummy sleeping bag. I'm sure he's sleeping in something at least very nice. Yeah. I mean, I think this definitely puts a crimp into your life. I mean, he went Mm -hmm. to some guy's, like, wedding. Uh-huh. I forgot. Some There's a designer guy who was having a renewal of his vows in Brazil mm-hmm. at the foot of Corcovado, the big statue. Sounds amazing. And so Elon flies over there mm-hmm. during the midst of all this. In right? the midst. And he was sending out Instagrams of him on the roof because he couldn't leave to go to a hotel an hour away, yet he flew to Brazil for this guy's <laughs> event yeah. and then flew right back he's, he's after about the people. speeches. He's about the people. Well, he, he's, you know, being in the social realm is important. Yeah. And one particular thing that stood out to me is at one point during the call, he said he was talking about linear growth versus exponential growth. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> and, to get. And, and he went, most people don't know what exponential means. Most people don't understand the definition of it. Like, you can't say things like that. But in case you were wondering, Robert, Uh the definition of exponential growth is literally growth that becomes faster and faster as it continues. It's like the proverbial snowball running down the hill. Everybody uses the uphill version. I'm going to use the downhill snowball. It's little at first, and it's little, 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 and it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it gets massive, and it takes out the whole town at the bottom. And that is exponential growth. That's an avalanche. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Although that just all happens at once. Those aren't really exponentially growing. So maybe that was a terrible analogy. But anyways, it's understood to simply mean very fast when used with words like growth and increase. So as it becomes faster, it gets faster. And at one point he talked about not even wanting to be able to see the robots moving. That's how fast he wants them to be. You could only yeah. see them with a strobe light is what right. he said, which would be amazing and that they should really be concerned with air friction on the arms of the robots Mm -hmm. because they're moving so fast you know i think uh hello is this on oh elon just think about this when Mm -hmm. you're not talking to engineers you're talking to people who couldn't get through calculus and wouldn't even consider it (laughs) and at 23 minutes of this call he said something it's easier to build this car But the way that they're trying to build it, the level of automation is what's making the degree of difficulty very high. So, again, there's lots of little nuggets that you can glean from listening to these earnings calls. And I think for me, that was one that that was really interesting because they're really trying to build this car hands off. Right. It's an automatic Mm -hmm. machine. And so... You know, for me, I just think, wow, what if one Mm -hmm. of those machines, there's 450, one of them, you know, pops a a bearing and stops. Then they have to go around. They have to go find that machine, pull that machine out, fix it. It's like for every second Mm -hmm. that that machine isn't working. There's a problem. A big problem. Big problem. And they have to bypass it because they can't have all the other machines stopping. 
It would be like the that episode of the Lucy show where the chocolates just kept coming and piling up behind the But they the don't thing. have a mouth to stuff them. No, they don't. You can't stuff a bunch of vehicles in, in the mouth. Yeah, they talked about the different um, stations mm-hmm. along the Model 3 assembly line that were problems or constraints. And the major one outside of the battery factory, which we haven't touched on yet, is the body shop welding, which is uh, what they say is one of the more complex parts of the line, but that it's coming up well and they expect good results. And it sounds like those guys and gals who are working on the body shop welding section mm-hmm. are probably feeling a great sigh of relief because they have the they're, they're far ahead in their improvements over the the gigafactory yeah they also said the final assembly of the vehicle that section of the line was also difficult and so it was nice to hear a little bit of inside information but let's talk gigafactory let's talk gigafactory i guess so there's four production sections in the gigafactory yeah uh, you know, like you start with zero and you end up after four. So there's four. That's that. That's good math, buddy. Yeah. It's nice. And it sounds like number one and mm-hmm. two are kind of problematic. And mm. two is a big problem. But it's interesting how three and four are working well when one and two aren't working. That just seems weird to well, me. But there I remember a... walking through the factory when I went on the tour, which was like a <sighs> year and a half ago almost. Robert's been to the Gigafactory. Well, I didn't get to see it all, but there was an interesting, mm-hmm. um, big, enormous machine that sat under plastic. Mm-hmm. And that machine, I think, was in the second section of assembly. Okay. And it was this like machine that layered the aluminum and the lithium when they're making the battery. So that was the unclear part about this. Is it the building of the batteries that's the issue, that's the slowdown, or is it the building of the modules, right? I That's the part that I couldn't really understand from this call, right? Were they having, are they able to make as many batteries as they want and those batteries are kind of sitting around waiting and then it's the putting them together in the one and two section of the module. So you're saying the one and two are, from your understanding of the call, are the actual mechanism of making the batteries. Yeah. But the subcontractor in that case, would that not be Panasonic? It would be Panasonic. <laughs> and in fact, the the head of Panasonic came out with a statement the day before the earnings call in which they, they sort of uh, tacitly acknowledged that there were some issues, but they were working on it. And, you know, nobody wants – when you're working – I don't know. I spent a lot of time in Japan. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are Japanese. Mm-hmm. Calling someone out mm-hmm. in Japan who is Japanese is not the way to get done Mm-mm. because there's a thing called saving face. Right. And so I thought this was all handled very nicely. Personally, for all the people waiting for their Model 3s, I uh-huh. want to rip someone's head off because <laughs> how the hell can you go this long and like hide the fact that a major step in the production of these 2170 cells is a screw-up. I mean, they had to rewrite... Is it the production of them or the speed of them? This is what I don't understand, right? Is it the production of them or the production of them at the speed and pace they need to be made? Because are they not putting these in those power packs? Are they not putting these in power walls? So there's two versions Mm. of the 2170 cells. Of course there is. There's Because it's all about what's the cycling of the cell. So Mm -hmm. when you've got a car, you put in energy every so often. I don't know, once every two weeks? In Mel's case, once every two days, in my case, it's variable. But you're pulling energy out of it on a regular basis. And you're pulling energy out of it at a huge 
rate. Deep cycling. Right. No, at a huge rate. In other words, mm-hmm. if I want to accelerate on the high to get on the highway, in that moment of mm-hmm. a, a second or two, I'm pulling an enormous amount of charge out of the battery. In your house, mm-hmm. your power wall does not do that. You trickle energy into it. Right. You trickle energy out of it. Right. And it's intended to cycle all the way down and all the way up and very slowly move energy in and out. But it needs to do it many, many, many times. Right. A car is on the other end of the spectrum. You put energy in at a fast rate. You pull energy out at a fast rate. And still, you want it to last a long time. But the reality is that it's two different types of lithium chemistry. So the cells they're making for Powerwall and Powerpack, that production is going fine. They're having no problems there, mm-hmm. but it's on the side of making the cells for the cars mm-hmm. that they're having all this problem. And you think it's a chemistry issue? I think it's probably a chemistry and or a mechanical, how you put the chemistry on the battery issue. Mm. Because I think the first step is basically preparing the raw materials, getting the aluminum in the right position, getting the lithium and other mixtures and Breaking anodes out the big and the mixer yeah. and putting everything together. <laughs> Oh, there's spatulas involved. And then there's this huge layering machine that I showed you a picture of. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it out in a tweet. Yeah, not helpful to show a picture on a radio show. No, but it's a huge machine. It's so big that it's like, I don't know, I think probably larger than a football field, super tall, maybe five stories tall. It's enormous. And so that, I think, is where the issue lies. And evidently, they had to rewrite software to make this thing work appropriately. And it was hard to hear at this point, but did he say they rewrote 40 manuals? Oh, you said that too. Of software? You're not the only person who mistook that. No, it's 20 to 30 man years of software man engineering. Years? He was not speaking very well in man my years. opinion. Man years. Man years. I thought he said 30 to 40 manuals. Yeah, that should be a t-shirt. How many man years? <laughs> I work for 30 man years. But, but at the end of the day, talk about go back to saving face. At 36 minutes in, Elon took full responsibility. Right. Complete for the subcontractor choice and the failure of that subcontractor. We should have caught it earlier. We should have been right. having more tabs. So you know what? Good on him. Yeah. That's impressive. Not a lot of people do that. It's hard for me to take that kind of responsibility. Typically, yeah. if something goes wrong around here, I'm yeah. blaming you. I yeah. mean, that's just the reality that's of the situation. That's true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> that's and just I don't know. I happens. think I would have had as challenging a time uh, in, you know, protecting face, so to yeah. speak. And so they said that they rewrote 20 to 30 man years of software in four weeks, Ooh. which sounds very bad. He's been likening this, you know, to the depths of hell from Dante's Inferno. Still love that book. I had to read that book in high school. I hated that book. I wrote the, I wrote a, a report on that book. Yeah, me too. And gave a like a an oral report on yeah. that book with charts of the depths of hell. And yeah, it really spoke to me as a child for some reason. That might not be such a good dark window. Childhood. Oh, I really did. Yeah, let's well, not get into that. It's not that kind of show. I think it's a. I think it's something that we should all. You know, you should get the Cliff's Notes version, everybody, and yeah. check it out because there's going to be more references to this. Evidently, during that period of time, they were in. In the ninth circle of mm, hell, which deep. is the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've exited to the eighth level, and mm. he's hoping soon mm-hmm. to go to the seventh. Which I don't think is very pleasant either. No. If, I, if, my, if my recollection is correctly, seven might be you're upside down 
in boiling lava type material right. with only your feet exposed and hot embers are landing on the bottoms of your feet the whole entire time. I think that might be seven. So one of the uh, <laughs> one of the investor questions ha- had to do with clawing back money. Uh-huh. And Elon and, and the other said, no, we're not going to really go for clawing back money. We really just want this thing to work. It's sort of nice to hear this sort of a kumbaya kind of yeah. feeling. And, uh, you know, I think Panasonic has done a lot uh, to move Tesla forward. And this is speculation on our part that it is Panasonic. We don't know that it's Panasonic. That was the problem here. But we think... That could potentially be the issue. We yeah. just want to make that very, very clear. There are a few other questions. They asked why the prices. Oh, but one more thing. Oh, go ahead. It was I'm very sorry. cool. They said that from looking for the bright side, right? Mm-hmm. Again, lemonade. Look at you, Mr. Brightside. They understand the whole process. This is Tesla. They uh-huh. so much better now that after rewriting the software, they said they can triple the effectiveness of the production line. Yeah. What? Which is great. That's awesome. In Sparks, Nevada, which means they can make more sleds, more of the good stuff. Right. And maybe even the sleds for the Hyperloop. I mean, uh, the Boring Company. But that's mm. a, that's a, we're not talking about that no. this week. Let's, let's I not just can't to, wait to, let's though. Let's stop digressing, as it were. So, uh, yeah, Elon got really pissed at the press, being down on them for firing or whatever, letting people go. He Performance said, review situation. GM, you, or no, General Electric used to fire 10% of him, used to. As a policy. As a policy. 10% of you out. Top, bottom 10% of after performance reviews. That's pretty impressive. That really does have, push everyone. I have to do five performance reviews in the next month. I am not getting rid of- I used to do them- a person. There was always one person. Well, I had to do it for like a group of a dozen or so. And there was always one person who was very easy to do. <laughs> and other people, but easy to do, but very difficult to, yeah. to do. And it was interesting because in, in management, 20% of your employees require 80% of your time. That is accurate. So maybe getting rid of 10% or in, in their sense, it was 2%. Yeah. That probably saved, I don't know, 60% of their time. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, those people landed on their feet and they'll have another gig and the factory will run a little bit smoother. And maybe there won't be so much Tesla parking lot uh, imagery on the Instagram anymore. Who knows? Right. Well, it's that's all gone. I yeah. wonder, I wonder though, with the, you know, them revealing this sort of densified, a uh, short distance production run for like model 3 mm-hmm. if this if this is a new seemingly new type of manufacturing process apple doesn't use it right they've got people putting stuff together over mm-hmm. in china so this is like one of the first i don't know first type of large scale manufacturer who's doing this fully automated production line I don't know. I can't speak to that. It may be true, may not be does true. Does this portend some sort of a new quirk in manufacturing like does this mean that in the future we're going to be having some significant problems like not a strike to shut down a factory but some mechanical thing or some software bug or a virus or a you know something like that could make an enormous difference in the production of a product it's very it very very well could and on that note they were making less model x's and s's in this quarter they announced from 2000 to 1800 right and some of that was they took the third shift from the x and x lines yes and then moved them over to help on the model three line setup right and managed to get a couple hundred cars out we learned that the 2000 is the limit 
That's the ceiling on how many S and X they can produce. Which is interesting, right? Yeah. In three shifts. Right. That's Very orders of magnitude less. No, right. it's not actually orders of magnitude less. It's 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 less yeah. than Model Three at five thousand a week, or the ultimate goal of ten thousand a week. Like, right. There's just no hopes for them, and I think again, that's the difficulty of manufacturing the X and the S being much more designed in a very different manner. That they're much more bespoke, as it were, hand built. Always good to get such words in. Oh, it is. It, yeah. it is. And then it, at about 45 minutes in, they started to talk about the China factory, the China Gigafactory, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Lots of conversations about CapEx and spending and right. back and forth. And, and do you want to use more CapEx to increase growth or do you want to slow down growth a little bit and hold back CapEx and kind of grow a little more organically? Mm-hmm. Interesting sort of insights throughout the thing. But in terms of the China factory, it will not make a hit to CapEx until 2019. Right. Which makes me think that they're likely not going to start building the factory out until 2019, unless, of course, somehow something else happens. I mean, it's an interesting thing because in China, if a Chinese company does not own the manufacturing, it's mm-hmm. subject to tariff. Right. And the whole reason they're saying they're building it in China is to avoid the the 20% or 25% tariff. My guess is they got some kind of deal because yeah. China, again, wants to be the EV, the biggest EV market. They want to clean up their environment. So, like, they're very, very forward thinking. Also, China thinks in big chunks of time, 10 years, 20 years. So it's a big plan. And, and I think for them, it's interesting. If somebody asked them what the size of the factory was going to be, one of the analysts, yep. ask him what size it, like, is it going to be the size of the Fremont factory? And basically, Elon said, it's not going to be building S's and X's. Right. Those are still going to be built in Fremont. It's going to be building threes and Ys because that makes the most sense from a cost basis for that market. And building them in China makes them more affordable for that market. And he said hundreds of thousands of vehicles per year. So that's about yeah, I heard- Fremont factory plus. But the question is, are they going to build a mini battery production factory or is there already enough battery production factories in China that they could just kind of move them over? Panasonic's already starting a battery factory in China. Right. So my guess is that this factory might be close to that factory. Yeah. And I heard 200,000 or more cars a year yeah. from the China factory. Mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on the fact that uh, he talked a little bit about autopilot. Mm-hmm. Tom, do you have your you have your Ativan nearby? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so they were talking, uh, one of the analysts asked him, is the current Model S and X autopilot hardware enough? Mm-hmm. Because this individual had just been to the NVIDIA conference, which took place in Singapore. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, I think, one week ago, where they announced a new chip or a new computer that is going to be 10 times faster 10 times more capable than the one that's currently in Tesla's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Elon talked a little bit about full self-driving capability, which many of us in the nation, like 70%, was it, Mm -hmm. have purchased, Mm -hmm. even though it is vapor at this moment. And he said uh, he was hedging. He was hedging. It made me a little uncomfortable. But he said, uh, you know, Current hardware is uh, equal to human capability 
which isn't very good, in my opinion. Um, I mean, really, what about really good human capability? Like really good drivers? He didn't say that. I'm, I'm sure he's averaging. averaging? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm driving here and but I'm But that's doing... not level five from what I understand, right? Level five is like, we can drive. It's not we can drive just as dangerously as humans. It's we can drive well, and it's safer. Or I, am no, I just wrong hard. about that? Where'd the, lev- where'd the level chart go? It's disappeared. <laughs> yeah, we that's convenient. Anyway, I think level five is simply a definition that says we humans are level five. Uh-huh. We drive and we don't hit each other. We do sometimes, but it doesn't say level five without an injury causing accident for a billion miles. They don't say that. No. They just say level five. It can run all by itself. So the just rest like, of it is just assumptions that it's level five, <laughs> that it's level, that it's the cars are driving themselves, but they're still banging into each other like teenagers. Nobody says that. That's not what the SAE. Uh, all right. I get it. You know yep. what? That's that's very confusing. Simplifies. Simplifies. Yeah. It can drive itself, but it's still going to knock it around quite a so bit. So then Elon said, well, uh, we don't know what the regulatory bodies are going to mm-hmm. Ask for mm-hmm. will it need to be fifty percent better than humans, a hundred mm-hmm. or a thousand percent? And so this seems to be a big shift because he had said at one of the intro events, one of the reveal events, that autopilot needed to be like a thousand times better than human drivers for us, the public, to entrust the car to drive us around, to drive mm-hmm. our kids. Oh, Johnny, go in the car and. Go off to school. The car will take you. Yeah. You know, would you put your child in a car with a drunk driver or a inexperienced, mm. you know, 16-year-old? There's no. no possible way that anybody thought when anybody was speaking of self-driving automated level five automobiles that they assumed that they were still going to be crashing into each other. <laughs> nobody <laughs> assumes that. They're like, the computers are taking over. Computers don't make mistakes. We're not going to be hitting each other. That's the assumption that I was going on. It should have been the assumption yes. that you were going on. If it wasn't, you're lying because we both know that it was. No, but I actually assumption- I saw in, in the Jetsons, didn't the car crash once? <sighs> So now he says that the car needs to be at least, this is a quote, at least twice as good as a human driver. And then I looked back. But did he say the current hardware can do that? Because he said at one point, full autonomy is possible with the current hardware. Yeah. He said that in this call. Uh, Yeah. I think we're still hedging. Mm -hmm. But um, in the actual website, and I had cut and pasted this from a while ago, Mm -hmm. it said... um, that they were doubling the active cameras, and it should be, quote, at least twice as good as the average human driver. That actually wasn't a quote from the call. That was a quote from the website. And now he's saying that maybe it's just as good as a human driver. I see a hardware upgrade in the future. I'm expecting I, the of rover is going to come out to my house and replace my computer in my car. And all I want to know is, can I have the old one? As good as us is not good enough, right? Yeah. Unless it's as good as us completely if we're completely undistracted, right? Is that – maybe that's the difference? Right. Right. It's as good as us. Like some things are unavoidable, but if if we're always focused and we're just concentrating on driving, then that's that's good enough. So what you're saying is that because human driving capability has begun to decrease mm-hmm. at a somewhat exponential rate, mm-hmm. they need to use the old human reliability driving <laughs> right. index. Well, rate. I think we're all safe drivers if we're not distracted. If you're 100% engaged in driving, 
You're not just going to be crashing into people. But that you know, stuff happens on accident, right? That like it like things are in the road and you swerve out of the way. The the accidents happen when you're blow. not paying attention. Rear end collisions on the freeway happen because the person behind you is not paying attention or driving too close. Well, I can right? tell you, Tom, that mm-hmm. when I'm on the freeway in autopilot mm-hmm. and I'm looking instead of looking in like a 15 degree uh-huh. uh, you know vision, mm-hmm. I'm looking all around and I see. Many, many, many people on their oh, phones. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So many people on many. their phones. I want to take videos. <sighs> Let's talk about certified pre-owned vehicles because this was another interesting part of are those. This those are used cars. CPOs. Used. Yeah, cars. they're the used, used cars, cars, but they okay. refer to them as CPOs again. And the business is huge for Tesla. Huge. They had two hundred and thirty-eight million dollars in revenue in Q three alone, and they expect right. one billion one billion with a b dollars in 2017 in just cpo business and the thing that disturbs me about that okay is that all the cpo retrogrades and upgrades mm-hmm. and retrofits and fixer upsers happen at the at the service centers yeah which means that if you need to get your door handle fixed uh, you got to wait behind a CPO car they're coming to us oh cool they're doing the mobile thing maybe an nice. x will show up that would be sweet. You should take a video. <laughs> if it if it happens, if it doesn't happen at Laney's work, then uh, yeah. Well, just put a GoPro on then the car and just set it to go. I don't know when they're going to show up. I yeah, mean, I we'll, hopefully either. we'll find out. You but have to maybe have proximity detectors. Right. Maybe they don't even tell you. When Is there a vehicle come. with a T on it anywhere <laughs> nearby? <laughs> oh, that yeah. would be amazing. So 5% of all of these CPO sales are service loaner vehicles. Yeah, they were dumping. Or is that CPO sales? Or maybe 5% of all sales are service loaners because technically service loaners aren't CPOs because they've never been registered by an individual. Yeah. I think they're just uh, slightly used Teslas. Mm -hmm. And here's a pro tip. I've heard this from at least four people in the last two weeks Mm -hmm. that they have gotten amazing deals by going into their local um, service center. uh, No, the uh, showroom Uh and said, you know, I'm really interested in a car. Can you put me in a car for less? And they have bought with huge discounts, like $40,000 discounts on expensive cars, like the top end cars, because they bought a demo car. Right. And Tesla let them go. And I thought, that's amazing. You can still use on an even day Tom's code to buy that. That's correct. That demo car. Mm -hmm. And on an odd day, you can use my Robert 3177 Mm -hmm. code. Wow. Check it out. Go for it, especially if we lose the tax credit at the end of the year. Yeah, I think it's interesting to imagine that those cars are out there. There's not a whole lot of them. They're not. So if you go to the Tesla website and you click on used inventory, these are not these cars. Right. You can get a more comprehensive list of them by calling the local service center and talking to somebody there and they'll send you a list of all the available cars demos and cpos mm. and the, our, the car that we bought actually was on that list it wasn't necessarily on the website so there are more cars that a have come in and haven't been put up on the website yet that are always available at different times and all the service center so loaner cars be proactive although how hard are these service center loaner cars being driven by people like let's say you're me yeah and you dropped your 60 off yeah for repair and they gave you a loaner car for three days and it was a hundred d ludicrous yeah i'm driving the crap out of that thing 
Yeah, but you know what? They <laughs> limit them. They do? They do. They limit them from being fully ludicrous. These mm. are the loner cars. Yeah. And uh, I think they might even limit top speed because we had a story some time ago. George, one of the Tesla Club dudes, mm-hmm. went to the loner guys and he says, you know, can I just have this car? I want the 100D Ludicrous, and mm-hmm. he took it to the racetrack to drag race it, and he lost. <laughs> and he was like, what happened? What's going on? All right, so Let's that's, wrap that up. So, that's the earnings call. Yeah, they're doubling the service, the rover fleet. Mm-hmm. They're increasing more service centers. So they talked about capital expenditure mm-hmm. towards all of these support structures, which mm-hmm. are going up. They touched on solar roof saying that uh, they're working to validate, which means they're trying to beat the crap out of these roofs mm-hmm. and simulate 30 years of mm-hmm. exposure within six months before they ramp up production yeah. at uh, Buffalo Gigafactory 2. Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was really a great call. I felt kind of positive about it, yeah. though the stock took a dump. It went under $300. It's back up, though. It's back up, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Hey, Google, what's Tesla's stock price today? Tesla shares are trading at $300.03 per share on NASDAQ as of 12.13 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today, down 1.98% from last Friday. So that's down six bucks. Yeah. That's a lot. That uh, I don't know. Does that ring of opportunity? I don't know if it does or not. I mean, I think if you're a long-term investor, it does. Although, please, please, whatever you do, do not use this show for stock advice. Yeah. That is a terribly, terribly bad idea. Since we're working for free all this time. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. actually, we obviously have financial uh, gain mm-hmm. in our crosshairs. So they're opening a lot of service centers. The end of the call is this. They're making progress on the Model 3 line. They're pretty excited that once they get going, they're going to get going. They're selling more S's and X's than they ever have, even though they're making less X's and X's just in the short term. They're going to have to replace the NVIDIA chip. That's my guess. They didn't actually say that, so let's not call that a takeaway. They're going to have to replace the autopilot chip in in your vehicle for sure. Maybe. Possibly. Potentially. And, uh, you know, they're moving forward. It's exciting. The good things are happening. They're spending a lot of cash. That's the downside of it. But at some point, it's all going to pay off. Yeah, the good thing is they don't have to spend much cash to ramp up to what they said, something between five and 7,000 yeah. Model 3s a, a week. And then at that point, they'll be profitable. Right. And they're going to have you know their suppliers. They don't have to pay their suppliers for like 59 days, right. but they get paid for the car mm-hmm. before that. So I, I still feel quite bullish on Tesla. Ooh, bullish. Yeah. What's next, Robert? I just wanted to throw in the next-gen Roadster, which has never been revealed Never actually officially talked about, uh-huh. except for on the loot box. So it's not designed? Uh, not to my knowledge. Right. It's not, uh, there's no date on it. That's correct. You it, can't order one. No, you certainly can't. Even if you own a one-gen Roadster, which, yeah. you know, maybe is working, maybe is not working. It's hard to know with that one. But somebody won one? Yeah. So Tesla's been offering a next-gen Roadster, or at mm-hmm. least 2% off for every referral that you give. 2%. Right. So 2% off the uh-huh. next-gen Roadster yeah. for every person who you refer who buys a new Tesla S or X. And some dude— How is this possible? So that's like 55 referrals. How can one or person yeah. 
get 50. <laughs> well, no, because you have to have five referrals to unlock the level two oh, before they, the retrograde. thing ticks, it's right? It's retrograde. Before the thing ticks. So no, but not he before. Had, he said he had 55. Yeah, so. How does one person get 55? We've had, I've had three, which yeah, is pretty cool. I have had, I think, two. Three in the in the years, the two or three right. years yeah. that we've been doing this. Well, so this is Ben, and he started a YouTube channel. It's in a great channel. January. It's a great channel, and he's got like fifty three or more referrals, and that just makes me feel so depressed. He's a data scientist, and people love right. the YouTube, yeah, because it's visual. Well, we're we're, we're like we're, dinosaurs here on the radio, yeah, and he's. Fresh and young with cool haircuts and beards and yeah. like doing video every week and data yeah. data mining. He's got he's using all of the knowledge that he's gained as a data scientist <laughs> and we're just spewing opinion and bull. <laughs> but we're funnier than he is. That's true. But he'll be driving if we're- they ever make a roadster. He'll be driving it around. He'll be driving it, it and uh-huh. and my nose is in the mud. Any idea of what, like, if you had to guess right yes. now, yes. if me and you were going to wager yeah. when Ben and his <laughs> $5 million worth of referrals, and he got all kinds of other stuff. He probably has 78 power walls. Right? Yeah, he's, he's got, got all, seven sets of wheels. Right, he's got all, <laughs> like, arachnids. He's just rolling he's get in to, events. Yeah, he's going to the Falcon Heavy they launch. They pick him up in an autonomous X and, like, drive him to all the events. Right. How long do you think before he sees a next-gen roadster in uh, his driveway? Do I think it's going to be 2020? <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I mean, we love you, Ben. 2025? But... Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to see somebody. He's a he's a numbers guy. Yeah. Sell the futures. Don't option. do it, Ben. Keep it. Sell the futures option on the roadster. If you're at the semi event, Ben, <laughs> me and Robert will be there with some of people who are kind enough to have invited us. Yes. Because we don't. We couldn't get there on <laughs> we our could own. Not. But. Two lovely human beings have invited us. Robert's the tall one. I'm the not quite so good looking one. Please come and say hi to us. I'll tell you this. I will be looking for you. Yeah. So I would love to chat with you about this. Yeah, I want to send a thanks to our listeners who are our semi-inviters, both Stephen Peters and Sean Mitchell. Thanks, guys. They're angels. Yeah, angels. Excellent. We couldn't get in without them. Yeah. They're like the nurses of the ER. Well, we're going to hook up, and uh, I know I'm hooking up with Steven. We're going to do also a tour of SpaceX. So we've mm. got a couple of spots available for that. I don't know, Tom, if you're oh, in. Yeah. Although it's a different tour, right? Slightly different? Modified? It's a modified tour for Ferners. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I asked my son yesterday if he wanted to go, and he was like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, come on, buddy. Really? Serious. Seriously. So as a result of this Gigafactory flub, I noticed that our- Flub? De- well, you know, the factory- Problem. 2030 man years. <laughs> uh-huh. That our, our Tesla Model 3 delivery dates have slipped. Is this one yours? This is mine. So interesting. You're still behind me. Yeah. Mine's still November to January. Is it still? Mine was October. Yeah. To January, October, November, no, October to December, yeah. and now it's November to January. Wow. But yours is December to February. I guess you know what that tells me? And, you know, Mel, I think, is behind me, although he's not here to-, to No, I don't think so. I think he's the same as me. Go, go with this, man. Okay, go with all this. right. We'll go with the- Mel's Yeah, he's behind, behind me. you. That's because you complain the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably what it is right there. <laughs> so I've got full production. I heart Tesla. Can I have mine now? Yeah, now. <laughs> Can I please? Yeah, here, come. Oh, tweet. Come up. Come up to factory now. We've got one for you. Oh, that would be They amazing. could slip you in so easy. Oh, what would just one, one. Just one, one car. They would hardly even notice. I know. And if they could do it before we crush your car. That's actually a trending hashtag on Twitter. Did is you it? Know that? Crush, crush Tom's car? Cr- hashtag Crush Tom's car. Is it? Look yeah. at that. Look at us. Well, let's talk about some superchargers. We need some more love, some more up, since we're not getting the Roadster. Mm. Uh, so That's all right, though. We're okay with that, Robert. Well, you might not be, I don't have I'm space okay. to park another Did car. Did you see the, the one picture of the Roadster that is on that they showed the rendering it's got the falcon wings yeah that was that's from there's a lot of design schools you Mm -hmm. know i talked about this like a year ago when Mm -hmm. i went with my son we were touring colleges yeah and uh, there's a lot of design students Mm -hmm. who are using tesla as sort of their project right you have to come up with projects Mm -hmm. and so i saw quite a few tesla designed vehicles and devices mm-hmm. um in it's very inspirational and that was a rendering by an artist not okay. from tesla it looked pretty darn but cool probably though. no falcon wing doors on the next gen roads i don't know i a, shouldn't do falcon wing but maybe those lamborghini a bad kind of, idea what do they call those them? are the really hard doors? to make either yeah let's not do any of that let's have a door open or maybe no door you just jump in superchargers robert super super superchargers we've got six open superchargers this week that's Four, cool Four in the United States, mm-hmm. Australia, mm-hmm. and China. Mm-hmm. That's a total of 46 plugs. And I see from your list here two, not one, but two in South Dakota. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty cool. I love South Dakota, and there had been one in Rapid City. Yeah. But now it looks like you might be able to drive all the way across South Dakota, Ex- as long as it's not winter. Well, so that's what I was saying is that the Sioux Falls, South Dakota is next to the last in the string of superchargers that will link both the Great Lakes and Chicago to the Pacific Coast. We're just waiting on Sherburn, Minnesota. That's the last one. Sherburn. Once that one's up, you can drive at will. I just like saying that. Riverside's coming online. Yeah, Riverside, California. We're starting to beef things up. Up in San Mateo, they're building another supercharger. They're like within miles of each other. Uh, This Cupertino one where it says it's in permit and construction, I'm assuming that's the same one. Correct. Yeah, I don't count those other. So there's nine that are now in construction, Mm. which is eight in the States and one in France. France. Seven in the permit stage, six in the United States and Sweden. Vancouver, Washington under construction. Yeah. A lovely town. Yeah. Love it up there. Really nice. And so uh, there's a closure in Belgium. Oh, what we, happened, Belgium? We talked about that last week, mm-hmm. that there was a uh, an owner of a property who didn't like having the Tesla superchargers there. So he basically shut the thing down. And that's they're going so to have sad. to Yeah, they're going to have to build up another one nearby. People were saying, "Oh, that's cuz he didn't want to pay for the electricity and we confirmed no Tesla pays for the electricity." That would be weird. But, you know, you have to give up parking spaces and in some places where there's a lot of cars and a very, you know, precious real estate for parking spaces to reserve, yeah. you know, 4, 6, 12 parking spaces for just Tesla just cars, Teslas. which represent, you know, far smaller than 1% of all vehicles that are out there. Especially maybe in Belgium, right? Yeah. In Ghent, especially. Especially. And so thanks again to Blue Shift on the Tesla Motors Forum for the tool that I use every week. And of course, if you see any 
Tesla supercharger activity, a permit, a -hmm. beginning construction, Mm -hmm. a newly opened supercharger, Mm -hmm. mail or email to map at supercharge.info. That's map at supercharge.info. Sweet. And then there's the two superchargers we've been watching very carefully here in California, the Baker Supercharger. They're so big. It's coming along, 40 stalls. And from Saturday, just uh, three to two days ago, three days ago, depending on when you get this, uh, mm-hmm. it shows just pack, packed supercharger cabinets mm. with big solar arrays. It's really coming along. There's no pavement yet, no bollards. But I'm wondering if this is going to be open before the big semi reveal. There's ballers in Kettleman City, though. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And big dust covered solar canopies. I was talking about this with some of the folks on the forum. Yeah. And people who live in Fresno say, yeah, because almond season, they mm-hmm. shake the trees and all the dust is vaporized mm-hmm. and it goes up into the atmosphere. That's not the right term, I know. And then during earlier parts of the year, there's plowing. And so there's dust constantly. Mm-hmm. I wonder how Tesla is going to work to keep these panels clean. Roomba. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that. There's like a a whole industry that's burgeoning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about an Israeli company that builds a robot that just cleans the panels. There's a company now that's got... That would be Chrumba. That's got a drone with this long scorpion-like tail that'll brush off your panels. They can come to your house. I was looking at my panels this morning. They're a little dirty. They're a little improperly cleaned. They're uneven. Another pro tip. Yeah. Do not hose your panels down in the middle of the day. The glass can crack. Yeah. So do it in the morning before they heat up. I'm busy. Yeah, me too. And so... Uh, Mine are under warranty. Keep an eye on your panels. The Kettleman City's looking wonderful. Bollard's up being wired up. This was from October. Thanks to uh, the various people who made these pictures, such as Matt M., Jimmy D., and T-Y-L. Yeah. Tile? You got a little SpaceX for me there, bud? Oh, the secret mission. It's going up on the 16th. That's the Zuma. How much, how could it be a secret? You know what it's called. Yeah. And you know when it's going. Yeah. You know where it's going from. Even the time. So what is secretive about it? I guess what's going in under the fairing is what's really secretive. It's something for the military. It is. So it's a satellite. I'm going to throw that out there. Spy satellite. It's a spy satellite that they don't want us to know about, but we know literally everything about it. We have to stop talking because we're (laughs) going to be now monitored by the Central Intelligence Mm. Agency for knowing too much. First off, they only monitor intelligence. It's in the name. (laughs) They can't monitor us. We're not intelligent. Don't they sweep everything? I don't know. No, that's the NSA, I think. Talking about a totally different situation. Well, the big news, big news, Mm -hmm. big news. Mm -hmm. They have confirmed that Falcon Heavy is going up December 29th. Are you going? I want to. Yeah. You're going to Florida. I'm going to go to Florida. In December. In December. With the the whole family? So I can sit in the sun and go on the the beach. Are you going to Disney World? No. You're just going to go. Are you going for like a week or are you going for the day? Haven't bought a ticket because I'm hoping. Yeah. Hoping. Uh-huh. Hoping. What? That before the end of the month. Uh-huh. Or maybe before the end of, yeah, this month is November, that mm-hmm. I get my 30 referrals because then Tesla will invite me to the launch. They're not going to fly you, though. I don't care, but they'll invite me. Well, you can see the launch anyways. You can't be uninvited to a launch. That's true. It's in we have Florida. Friends, we have friends in Florida. 
<laughs> of course you do. And, well, from the show, and they've yeah. invited us as well. So nice. I'm going to go say hi. We're going to all have a drink. We're going to all drive to wherever you drive. I think there's like a couple of places you can watch. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to just say watch Explosions because you know what Elon has said about Falcon Heavy. It's going to be a great show. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> well, not only does he have to launch a rocket with three cores, uh-huh. he's got to land three cores. Yeah. So... That's a lot of oh, opportunity man. for fireworks. It really is exciting. I'm it's super be there. duper exciting. So let me ask you this. When you purchase your ticket, are you going to buy the insurance? Right. Does the insurance cover non-launching? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it just covers like family and changes. Like, yeah. you don't have to tell them the truth. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to launch. I don't know. Actually. I've never used that stuff. Yeah. I would look because into it. If, I was actually thinking. I would look into it I, would if look, I, was you. I was thinking of like maybe I should book a room in the extended stay yeah. type hotel mm-hmm. because if they don't launch on the 29th, you I'll can't be, be there indefinitely. I'll be spending New Year's Eve there. You're gonna get a new job out there. You're gonna call your group and be like, "Can I pick up a couple of shifts while I'm in Florida <laughs> just to make up for it?" Yeah, we don't. I know a lot of ER docs in Florida. Yeah, they're cool people. Yeah. Yeah, docs in general are cool people. I haven't been to Florida much. Yeah, me neither. Maybe I'll go to the Everglades while I'm there, visit. I got a friend in Miami. You might as well visit them until they're under, before they're underwater. I have a friend in Miami. <laughs> you could. Oh, my God. I can pull off all kinds of accents. Yeah, no, it's good. Not well. Now what should we do? Should we do letters? I just have an amazing media pick. Do you? I is do. Is it amazing? It is amazing. Is it incredible? It, it, is it life-changing? This is one of those things Go ahead. where I stayed in the car for 20 minutes to listen to this while I was parked in all my right. driveway. Please go ahead. This was from 60 Minutes. Uh, it so was, you could have watched it, but you listened to it? I always listen to 60 Minutes. Right. It's an app you can put on your car. I, okay. Yeah. But when they say, and on this map, you can see the blah, blah, blah. You're like, why am I listening? I want to be watching. Now you got to surf the web in your super slow browser. 60 Minutes, October 15th. They did a whole big thing. Uh, I forgot what the first part was. It was actually very good. But 20 minutes into the show. Uh I'm sorry. At the last 20 minutes, right? 60 Minutes, they always do segments. Mm -hmm. The last 20 minutes of the show is about this guy who made a lot of bad choices in life. He ended up robbing a bank. Actually, quite a few banks. He got caught, went to the federal penitentiary for like 11 years. But while he was there, he discovered an aptitude for the law. And he started writing briefs and helping other prisoners to get appeals. And he even wrote a brief Mm -hmm. that ended up in front of the Supreme Court. Sweet. Nobody knew it was written by not a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And it turns out now he's a law professor at George Washington University. It says Georgetown here. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Georgetown. <laughs> Georgetown University. Well, this was a major inspiring story. I think everybody yeah, should hear it. That's cool. You know what? I haven't done a media pick in a while. I just watched a Frontline yes. two-parter, Putin's Revenge, like where they talk about Putin, how, Russian dude? Yeah, how Putin became the president, which I did not know. Fascinating. Spoiler alert. They tell you in the show. You should watch it. Okay. It's a two-parter on Frontline. And uh, it's interesting. It sort of gets into the mind of why he is how he is and how he became who he is today. All right. Let's talk about letters. And this first one was from Dan Hornby. Hornsby? No, Hornby. Hornsby? No, Hornby. He wrote, Dear Mal, Rupert, and Tim. 
<laughs> Love the show. Can never get your names right, though. They're just so hard to pronounce. Yeah. More importantly, he talks about this reflection thing, ghosting on his Model X, which I had right. never heard of. Oh. Had you heard of this yes. being an issue? So this is a oh, known yes. event? Yeah. And what Do really tell. surprised me is that the people at the service center, I feel really sad about this. Mm-hmm. They replaced his windshield. Uh-huh. And then they told him they didn't know why this was happening. And I was pulling my hair out as I was reading this letter. Sort thinking, of like me in autopilot? Ah! Uh-huh. Oh, my God. This has been such the talk. We talked. I mean, this is when I found out that the windshields are made in Chile. Chile. At this special glass factory and all of the details around it. And it turns out that, and I threw a picture in here. Hopefully we can get it in the show notes. And this is worse as you get taller. But because of the enormous sweep and angle of the windshield of the Model X, right? Uh-huh. It starts way down low and it ends way behind your head. There's this curvature that is, um, uh, instead of looking through glass that's straight up and down, And as the glass starts to tilt back towards you, Mm -hmm. the thickness through which you look through is getting larger and the opportunity for light to reflect from the surfaces. This is like a surface interface chemistry physics thing. Uh As the light comes in, it actually bounces between the inner layers of the glass and you see these multiple ghosted images. And this is very well described. There's actually an excellent wired article about this. The the link is here. And you can see why this is. Uh, it's something that's been described by helicopter pilots for the same reason, except the helicopters don't have a lot of headlights they have to deal with. That's accurate. Yeah. Unless yeah. they're in like a, a helicopter dogfight. <laughs> <It would, laughs> which it is very something rare. like from a sci-fi movie. Very, maybe. Which is very rare. This gentleman, Dan, he drove from Manchester in the United Kingdom yes. to Estonia with his entire family. I'm assuming at some point there was a ferry trip involved because there's some ocean or there. Or a channel. Or some channeling. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And he used the supercharger network all the way to Estonia. And Estonia... Happens to was the according to him the first country in the world to have an electric vehicle charging network. They're abundant, easy to access, and fast. I've seen pictures and videos of Estonia, and I would really like to go there. It Let's seems go. like a really cool place, Latvia as well. We got another letter uh, from a guy who simply has four letters in his name. I think he did that on purpose to try and minimize the chance that we'll mispronounce Mike. Mm. I think it's Mike. I'm just going to throw it out there. He shows us a little shot of his phone where he's getting, uh, starting with a state of charge of 6%. He's up to 119 kilowatts. That's almost the theoretical maximum. That's the highest visual representation we've had. So unless this is a Photoshop rendering. I don't think so. Mikey, Mickey, Mickey may be the winner of the I charge the fastest talking Tesla Nation competition for the prize of which is absolutely nothing. There's no prize. No prize. Except thanks for sending the picture in. What about a sticker for his car? I don't have any stickers to give him. You just like to give away stickers, don't you? Well, we do. I actually have an extra sticker. I guess, Mike. How do you continue to have extra stickers? Every time we give one away, you're like, <laughs> I've got an extra sticker. Did you buy a box of stickers and not give anybody No, any? Mel threw a bunch out. I grabbed a bunch because I knew this day was coming. So, Mike, send us your address and we'll send you a sticker. Just let us know if you want it autographed. If you want Mel's autograph, we'll have to chase him down. Yeah, we might have to find him. The next one comes from Kevin Rapf. I think that's right. Hey, he's coming into SF next week from Park City, 
to take the Tesla factory tour. And since you've been on the Tesla factory tour yes. a thousand times, you mostly have a bed in Fremont as well. Will you be on the tour that day? I think he said his tour is 11 a.m. Monday, which oh, is like in a few minutes we'll from be now. Here. Yeah. Probably I recording. Think, I think he's uh, he's on the tour. I would love to go again because mm-hmm. you know what I would see? No. Bottlenecks in the Model 3 factory. <laughs> the whole tour is just a giant bottleneck. I think. Do you think they've expanded the tour to show the Model 3 line at this point? I bet you I they I think they not. want to keep people the hell away from yeah. it. But I, we could see a lot of it when mm-hmm. I was there the last time in June. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're 346 miles away, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Have a great tour. Tell us what you see. Mm-hmm. We'll put it on the show. Yeah. Daniel Wilson from the United Kingdom Model 3 Supercharger Speed. I've been reading the electric article on the Model 3 range. and the EPA document, they list the Model 3 Supercharger as a higher amp than normal. Or is that just me? Did you read it? Did you read it? No. Then we don't know then. I know. I'm sorry. I can't respond. But... Damn it. Um, Why did we even talk about this letter then? Well, because he took the time to write to us. And, you know, today we can wrap up and look at that and maybe talk about it next week. But mm-hmm. honest to God, I spent entire day Saturday putting together this show notes. You did? Yeah. Wow. You're a very impressive young man. Franco Capizo. Franco Capizo. He's never written us before. No. Good to hear from you, not, Franco. That's not accurate. He says, superchargers work exclamation point. He said he's being a little (laughs) cheeky, but uh, he then says that he drove from the OC to Las Vegas and they stopped at Barstow each way. That's not the new Baker. I know I would love to see your pictures from Baker, but uh, it shows that the charge rate dropped off dramatically. What? Yeah, it went. And this is like, I think it looks like it's the same time. Uh, like only a few minutes apart, he went from 116 kilowatts at a uh, state of charge of 72 miles. I don't know how large his vehicle is, but he went uh, down to 57 kilowatts in a matter of moments. Mm-hmm. He'd only gained like 14 miles of range. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked into this mm-hmm. and uh, what I found was an article Uh, Not an article, but more of a string on the Tesla Motors Club forum that talks about handle heat. So I don't know know if you you don't ever supercharge, right, Tom? I have supercharged, but I don't remember hearing. Have you ever noticed how hot the handle gets? I have not. Occasionally, the handle... It's usually very cold in Northern California, so I don't know if that helps. Okay. Well, occasionally, the handle gets very hot. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, people have complained. And the speculation is that Tesla Engineering has dialed back the charge rate based on heat at the handle. Now, Uh I don't know if they have sensors in the handle or if they have some way to measure resistance, Mm -hmm. which then results in heat. But it's thought that when you have a hot handle, your charge rate is going to drop off dramatically so that you should unplug from that supercharger, move to another one, even if it's a shared supercharger, plug in there and you may get a very different state of charge. Should you unplug your friend's Tesla to do this? You can't. If they've left the car and the car's locked, supercharger handle's locked Can on. you just swap them out, give them a call? Like, do you keep a little sticker next to your supercharger that says, like, call me at this number if your handle gets hot and you want to swap? No, but this is something that a lot of us have talked about, that Tesla should build into the app. So there could be an app-to-app communication. Like, a little QR code. 
something or or just you know the car is identified it has an a, a wi-fi signal mm-hmm. and my phone has an app that connects connects to tesla so why can't i have the opportunity to communicate with all the teslas at the supercharger where i'm at that sounds like a security opening nightmare is what it would be right there It'd be a security know. nightmare well what if tesla just handles it all uh-huh. and what i'm doing is like i get to the supercharger it's all full and i notice that stalls 1a and 1b they're not even charging right now they're done they're wherever and i send them a little note and i say hey to supercharger 1a1b i need to charge you guys seem to be done would you please come move your car i'm in the movies i can't move my car what are you talking about i'm watching a flick yeah well i'm but watching thor greg Nacknog. that might be some positive feedback for making the system work that much better it and might be. once we have a lot of model threes on the road with people who are not familiar with supercharging etiquette mm-hmm. even more valuable Fazazad. Fazazad. Fazazad wrote us. What did he uh, say to us? Any show that focuses on solar? Mm-hmm. He wanted to know. Uh, he loves our show. Wow. How could he not, that. really? Hey, guys, love your show. <laughs> he said, absolutely. Uh, he said he was listening earlier in the year, and he found himself waiting each week for a new episode. Oh. You three have the perfect chemistry. We do. Well, we did. The two of us now will have to have sort of <laughs> eh chemistry. It'll just be the two of us. We're going to be so much closer. Although, you know, it was nice that Mel did join us back at the earnings call. Yeah. Because he just sort of, we just kind of clipped in a little bit of his. That's true. You got to hear him this week. Insights. He'll be back. He'll be back. He can't stay away from us. No, we're going to make him urge, die, want to come back. Wow. He said, any of your previous episodes focused on solar? Focus? Probably not focused. Well, focus on solar. Focus solar? I kind of mm. like that. It's all kind of, you know. Maybe we should just rename the show Focus Solar. There's a lot of solar podcasts. Let's not do that. No. He lives in Virginia. Mm-hmm. He's interested in panels. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a few quotes. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know if Powerwall should be part of his installation. And we have talked about this in the letters before. Many times. Depends on what your... Uh, time of use, that's what they call it here in the Californias, yeah. works out to be how much uh, it costs during the peak of the day. If you should have a power wall to either suck in your uh, solar energy because maybe your power company doesn't give you good credit right. and or you can suck power into your power wall at the nighttime if the right. rates are really low and then feed it back into your house in the day when the rates are really high. It's kind of a complicated math Problem, but I think somebody could write a really good program, like a web based Excel yeah. program based on your region. It would take a lot to keep track of all right. the different uh, ins and outs. Right. So the factors are your overall usage, yes. your overall cost of electricity during the peak hours yes. versus the same, if there is a difference in the non peak hour cost, right? Yes. And that difference. And the size of the power wall and your usage of the power wall can give you a mathematical solution to your question. Whether or not it's not going to pay off in a week, it might pay off in two years, it might pay off in three years, it might not pay off for seven years, and then you'll have to decide – is that worth it to you? A bonus of this particular thing, if you live in a place prone to blacking out or – if you're afraid your power is going to go, you the only way in most places for your solar to continue to work in these situations is to actually have some sort of battery backup attached. 
Yes. And if you have like medical devices that are electrically dependent, you don't have to buy a backup generator, which right. is another hassle. The downside is if there is a zombie apocalypse and the power goes out and the light is on in your house. Zombies coming. The zombies will easily be able to find you. So make sure whatever light you use is like in an inner wall without windows. Can your power wall power an electrical fence? Probably not enough to keep the zombies out, unless they're like dogs and they're just that little is like enough for them to be. Oh, I'm not going. How many power? Maybe we should get Gordon on the show and ask him how many power walls I need to buy to to keep my electrical fence safe from zombies. Okay. Okay. So there is also a Tesla solar referral program. If you Mm -hmm. don't know this, so again. On even days. Laney 9300. It's an even number. So it's easy to remember. 9300. It's even. So even. So even. And so if it's an odd day, Robert 3177. I'm getting tired of saying this. But honestly, on every day, you should just use Laney 9300 (laughs) because, I mean, (laughs) Robert's a doctor, for God's sakes. I have needs. Yeah, but we need to get into all the Tesla events if it wasn't for our listeners. But either one of us. But now we could be splitting referrals. And imagine imagine we both got to a point where neither one of us got into these events. And That's we, true. Luckily, viewers like us, yeah. listeners like us, mostly the ones who haven't met us yet, yeah. I think is one of the issues. Well, we have so. a few thousand to go through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one comes from Matthew Keys, and he is wanting us to join in in TeslaCon. Do you know? I looked into what TeslaCon yeah. was. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Our our next-gen Roadster guy he is started starting yeah. this thing. He probably doesn't want us, you know, in his, his con. Right. But who knows? It's an online Tesla conference for Tesla enthusiasts. Yes. People will be giving doing sessions. It'll be like going to a conference, but you can be wearing your pajamas. Interesting, your, yes. Under, you might not be able to because you might actually be on it. Potentially. I mean, I could – if the camera shots were high, right. we could get away we with it. We have to figure out what the real day question that is. is. What the hell are we going to talk about? Will it be flannel day or will it be, it could be know, whatever day you want ugly, it to be? Ugly Christmas sweater so, day. Ben, if you're listening and you want us to be in TeslaCon and you think we have anything that we could possibly add to it, give us a ring – of a ding, and we'll see if we can work it out. Matthew suggests range anxiety, superchargers, and home charging options. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's a good suggestion. Tom would rather rant about autopilot, oh, quite honestly. Yes, please let me talk about autopilot with the people listening. That would be amazing. It would be a good coffee Kay break. Kay Parker, SpaceX launch. Oh, man, what a launch. Were you there? Yeah, so she went to a unfortunate event. But then after this, I think it was a funeral, they came out and someone who they knew at SpaceX told them they should look up and they saw the KoreaSat launch and were exceedingly excited. She wanted us to put a call out for more superchargers in the southeast because evidently they don't have enough of them. So I would say first and foremost to Kay Parker, Mm -hmm. go ahead and call your state representatives and tell them you want them to support EV infrastructure in their state. Because okay. a lot of the space that's being used for electric vehicle charging is mm-hmm. near highways mm-hmm. and needs to have the regulators allow for the electricity to come in, basically take down the barriers mm-hmm. 
for EV infrastructure build-out. And I believe her state is Georgia. So she's looking for more superchargers in the southeast. Yeah. Kay, you're a good person. The next one comes from Rod Simmons, and this is probably one of the most important things facing Talking Tesla Nation. I know, Robert, you're very, very concerned about this. Uh, He talks about a license plate holder with no drilling. That's true. Well, this might be for the older version of Model S, but... The one with the little tennis balls on its wheels? Ooh. No? That was back in episode 101. (laughs) No, they're talking about a no-drill Tesla front license plate Mm -hmm. mount. This is actually the day when I am mounting my license plate. Today's the day? Today is the day. Are you drilling? No, because I have the bracket that Tesla has created for the Model S front refresh, which has two bolts underneath where you cannot even see them, holds it on the car. I'm not sure what the the benefit is. This is the, quote, law front license plate bracket for Tesla Model S. X, Attaches to the Louvres. Yeah. It's uh, 140 bucks. It's sold out. Okay, so there's a second one. He sends us links to both just for our benefit and for the benefit of Talking Tesla Nation. EV Annex has one, and this other one is at torqueliftcentral.com. So, so it's great. I love the ingenuity. They're out there. Yes. I love the ingenuity, the creativeness, the things that people do to customize their Teslas. Amazing. I don't do that much to, t- to customize Our mine. Our car has holes drilled in it. Yeah. My old one does, too. And it's okay. We're okay with it. Yeah. Because you know why? License plate's always going to be there. We live in a place where you need a front license plate. That's right. So Chris Ca- Biddle California. Chris Biddle came this close, this close to getting would a you, sticker from you. Would you call that a hair's breath? I would call it a hair's breath. 118 kilowatts. So close, Chris. And it's P85 Plus. I love those cars. I wish I had one. P85 Plus. Plus? Plus means you have wider tires in the back. They Mm. call it offset. So it handles even better. These are the ones they were going to use for the uh, Tesla GT until they decided to uh, push forward into the uh, 100D ludicrous. I saw a Plus recently, and every once in a while, a Plus will show up in used inventory. And you know what's really interesting? Nope. I think he has the rarest color Tesla of all. Which is? Green. Mm, So rare. Patrick Wiggins. Why with the why? Why with the, the, the Patrick Wiggins? Why with the the accent? I have to do some of Mel's shtick while ah, we're on the righty. show. So he doesn't want me to crush my car. Apparently, he wants me to throw my car out of an airplane. That I watched that video three times. Uh huh. First time. I had such an ill feeling in the gut of my stomach. That you were like, I need to watch this again. Because it starts in an airplane. Mm -hmm. You can see out of the airplane. And then this ramp. And you're in a car all of a sudden. And you're falling out of an airplane at, I don't know, 10,000 feet. And there's four people sitting in a car that's falling at Mach God knows what to the earth, sitting in a car as comfortable and relaxed as you could imagine, and I'm thinking to myself, ah! Yeah, what if the door locks don't open? What if something <laughs> happens? Thankfully, it was a convertible. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Whew. 
And they were all wearing parachutes. My car's not a convertible. I'm not getting in it. And I don't think, I think putting it up in a C-130 ramp cargo thing sounds very pricey. Yeah. And where would it land? Yeah. Well, their car landed like in a desert because you could see the camera looks down and all of a sudden you see this little dot and then a big poof. That sounds like an environmental disaster. Yeah. How would you, yeah. What would happen? You have to go get it. You have to drain it of gas. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to crush, crush that car. And now we have a letter from Patrick in Vienna Harbor with maybe the fanciest. Yeah. It's in Vienna, Virginia. The maybe the fanciest supercharger situation in the history of supercharger situations. It's a beautiful install. It actually has a trash can. Mm -hmm. Very few Tesla installs. Supercharger stations have a trash can, so you can empty your car out. Most of them are near things that have trash cans, though. That's true, but like right next to the cars? right near it, not near it. How about a vacuum cleaner? That's pretty cool. How about a window washing station? That'd be pretty cool, too. This is 24 spaces. 24 parking spaces, 12 supercharger pumps. Yeah. I don't know what that means. That's what I was saying. 12 Ballards. It's probably gorgeous. 24 spaces. So, like, you don't need to charge, but you get to park your car there anyways because you're specially Tesla. So, we got a message reference. from a gentleman via the Facebook, and he is like you, Robert, freakishly tall. Yeah. So, he talked freakishly about tall. how can I get my seat to move back further because mm-hmm. there isn't enough room for me in the Model S. I think he must be at least 6'7". I think he's eight foot eleven. That would be tough to drive anything except for like a sprinter <laughs> van or a large truck. You couldn't drive anything if you're eight foot I eleven. No, he's did. tall. He wants two or three more inches, and he said he would sacrifice backseat legroom. Robert, because you're a man of the people, you yes. research this. What do you have for our friend? Yeah, a little searching uh, turned up this Amazon website where they will sell you seat bracket extenders Ooh. on Amazon based on what car you have, and I put a link on. On the notes for that. And also, there's a website called Tall Life, tall.life.com. It's a website for tall people and offers you tall pants, tall people socks, tall people bike he, shorts. He wasn't looking for you to fix every part of his life, buddy. He no, was but just No, but this was fascinating since okay. I am a tall people. You are a tall people. And they have a couple of articles on how to lower your seat and how to extend your seat back. Nice. So, There you go, my friend, Stuart. Stuart Matthews, that's your information. You can fix your seat. And then Ryan Labar sent us a direct message that said that he doesn't find any supercharger problems. 90% of the time, he's the only one charging. And I say, my friend, you're in a wonderful place to own a Tesla. Sounds spectacular. Yeah. Sounds spectacular. Well, that's it, Robert. That's the end of this show. Our first show sans mel in studio in quite a while that's true feel like yes hopefully people will still listen to it because it would be a shame if people only listen to this show for that guy for mel he's annoying yeah a little stinky yeah but all in all a lovely human being no i enjoy every minute i spend with him Uh, All right, Talking Tesla Nation, that's it for us. Hey, don't review this show on iTunes because you might not have liked it. We don't know, Robert. We're not sure. Take them all on balance. Into consideration. And go to iTunes and leave us a five-star or whatever star you want to give us rating. Right. We just like to see more reviews on iTunes. Right. So sometimes we do this show with you and just Mel without me. Yes. People probably love that show. No, I don't think so. Sometimes we do the show without- I think they love all the shows. Sometimes we do the show without you. That's true. People probably 
hate those shows. Ah! Sometimes we do the show without Mel, and I think it it's diminished. Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, what can I say? What can you say? I just say, good on you, Tesla Nation. Speak out for EV rebates and more supercharger infrastructure and charging infrastructure in your region. And we'll see you next week. That is correct. Adios. Adios. Thanks, Roberto. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.